uh, you might be feeling a little bit scared. All of a sudden, you're starting to um, think about those things that you've learnt and now you actually need to put them into practice. Um, you might be getting tossed around. You may not see where you're going. You may not see what is ahead. Um, but there's things that are required of you um, to put into practice. You're going to need to... Um, all those things that you've learned, you need to put them into practice and sail and not lose sight of the destination of where you're going. You know where you're headed, but it's just not the same beauty as the um, sailing down the, uh, the tranquil seas. Um, and I feel as though this afternoon um, to look at where we are, where you are personally, maybe you're in seas that are calm and things are really good for you at the moment like it seems easy and it's nice or maybe you're actually in a place where life just does feel rocky and you're feeling tossed around you're feeling as though you don't know where you're going or what's coming next you're not sure at the moment what the destination is um but the lord works in everything and I just this morning want to encourage us that um, uh, there's something he wants to say, to call us on to. Um, and he is using everything that is happening in your life to grow you, to train you, to transform you, to make you more like him. He has uh, something for us, something beautiful and so amazing. And we're heading in that direction and he's using everything. Um, and so we're actually going to look at the prophet Elisha uh, this morning. And um, it's from a passage in 2 Kings. And um, you may wonder what this has to do with a sailor. But um, this was a time for Elisha that was a little bit, um, he was a little bit unsure. It was a time of transition. We're about to see what's about to happen that Elijah is about to go up to heaven. Um, and so it's a time where we can almost see a little bit in the story, um, possibly even a little bit of Elisha's grief that he will go through when um, Elijah is taken up to heaven. Um, so it's a time where he is possibly on the rocky seas and not sure what is going to happen next. Okay, so let's read 2 Kings 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. 
Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and of horses, horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. So I feel this afternoon that there are just three things that um, the Lord wants to say to us. Whether you feel whether things are going well um, or whether things are feeling rocky and uncertain, I think there, I feel like there are three things that the Lord has shown me through this for us to take hold of. Um, and the first one is, is Elisha's perseverance in this. Um, he knew that it was Elijah's last day. He didn't want them to talk about it. Um, and it was out of a relationship that he sort of pursued, pers pursued and persevered with Elijah. But it was also out of uh, a longing and a wanting and a desiring for all that God had for him. He, he persevered with Elijah. He had people around him who said, stay where you are. You know he's going to go. Just let what's going to happen, happen. Um, but he was determined. There was a perseverance in him that said, no, I want all that God has for me. And he kept going. Had he stopped, he would not have seen the waters parted. He would not have seen the chariots. And he would not have asked and would not have received for the double portion that he asked for. The Lord says to us in Hebrews 12, run with perseverance the race marked out for you. There is a race marked out for us. There is a journey. There is a road that is for us. Run with perseverance. Um, uh, in Philippians 3.14, it says, But one thing I do, this is Paul, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should embrace this same point of view. The dictionary meaning to persevere means to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or with little or no indication of success. So if your seas are rough, you can't see what's ahead, continue, run with perseverance. Set your heart on the things above. Who was that, James? Set your heart on the things above. The Lord has fullness for us. And set your heart on that. He is training us. He's using those rough and rocky seas to train us, to grow us, to mature us. Because he wants us to walk in that fullness as well. 
Jesus also encourages us in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. So if we want the fullness that God has for us, we persevere. We ask and we keep on asking, Lord, come, fill us. No matter what I see, no matter what the obstacles or the difficulties, if I see no indication of success, in my heart and my spirit, I say, God, I'm asking, I'm seeking for you. And, and the Lord says that not only is there great purpose in our perseverance, but there's also great reward. Galatians 6, 9 says that if we don't lose heart, we will reap a harvest. Secondly, um, I feel like the Lord this morning um, is uh, to not settle. There, um, it, when it talks about the prophets, so um, Elijah set up a couple of schools of prophets. So one, um, it says that was in, um, that was the first one, Bethel. Um, there was, they were saying, oh, look, you know, don't go on any further. Just accept that this is what's going to happen will happen. And then the next ones that were in Jericho just said, why, why are you still going for this? And they actually ended up missing all of it. Had, had, he, had he stopped, he wouldn't have seen the fullness. He wouldn't have seen the amazing things that he saw. Um, they settled and they saw from a distance. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't mean to settle um, for less than what God might have. But I think sometimes we, we might stop or slow down and things can settle on us. And it's a settle of, settling of, um, you know, maybe just oh, the, the status quo. Um, or there's, there's something that can, that can settle on us or we can settle for less than what he has. Maybe we can sometimes lose sight of the vision of what it could be like, of what's possible. Because God has more for us. He has more than what we're experiencing right now. He has more than what we're even expecting right now. Um, and I know that for you, the same as me, I want all that he has for us. All that he has for us. So let us not grow weary. Let us not lose heart. Okay. The last thing Elisha did, um, that if we're in um, a rocky place or things are fine, we keep going, we persevere, we don't settle for less than what, what he's got for us and we step out in faith. Um, the Elisha was taken up in a whirlwind, Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind and departed. There's, a, there's um, something of a foretelling of what was to come in this story. Because when Elijah was taken up um, uh, into the whirlwind, into the cloud, um, Elisha tore his um, robe in two. And in many places in, in mourning and, and grief in, in the Bible, it talks about how they um, you know, wore sackcloth and, and, they, and ashes. But here it specifically it says he tore his robe in two. And it's almost like the other, the next time that it was torn in two was the veil. And it was the, the, the veil when Jesus was taken. The veil tore in two. It was a symbol of um, the old covenant going. The old covenant um, was now being replaced with the new. Jesus had now made a way for us to come to him. There was no more separation um, between God and man. Jesus had made a way. 
And Elisha then, he leaves his robe behind, what was past, and he takes on Elijah's robe. And he wears, like we wear with Jesus, we wear the robe of righteousness. And he put that on, like we wear the robe of righteousness. Then he left with a double portion of the inheritance. Um, so what he, what um, Elisha asked for was not necessarily an inheritance of, um, he didn't just want sort of extra blessing. Um, he, well, he did in a sense, but the double portion um, in those days was for the eldest son. Um, and so it was um, the eldest son just got a double portion of the father's inheritance. And, um, and so what Elisha was asking here was um, not just a, a double portion of the, the spiritual uh, inheritance of Elijah, but was to also to be called a son. And so there was an identity that he was wanting as well. And just like we come away from um, Jesus gives us the robe of righteousness, he calls us a son, and he gives us an inheritance. He gives us every spiritual blessing in Christ. And what's amazing then too is that what Jesus actually says is, you will now go on and do greater things than me. So Elisha, um, he had the robe, he had the double portion, and he, um, just like Jesus said to us, you will go on and do greater things. Elisha did go on to do greater things. Elisha came to the edge of the Jordan River and he took his robe and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And I don't think it was a um, fingers crossed like, oh, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Did he leave with him? I think it was a, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He is now on me. And he struck the water and the waters divided. And I don't think with the cloak... I don't think he necessarily felt any different. But he went to the waters. He knew he had the double portion. He acted in faith and the waters separated. And so I think for us, there's also a place of acting in faith even when we don't feel it or we don't feel like it. There's a story in, in Luke where Jesus' disciples ask, um, oh, I might read it. The apostle said to the Lord, give us more faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, pull yourself up by the roots and plant yourself in the sea, in the sea and it would obey you. Suppose someone who has a servant is plowing fields or watching sheep. Does he tell his servant when he comes from the field, have something to eat? Do you just go, what? Like, I'm just like, I always think like, the, the apostles said, Lord, what can we do to have more faith? And I've often thought, yes, Lord, give me more faith. How do I get more faith? And it, he just doesn't answer the question. But what he says what, what he says is, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and I think it's like just do what you have. Go with what you have. That's enough. Yeah. Do whatever you can. With the faith that you have, that's the way you get more. You don't need lots, just need a mustard seed. You just go with what you've got. That's cool. Short and sweet. Yeah?
But just to finish off, I'm going to go briefly back to Hebrews 12, um, which I mentioned before about running the race with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is all about him. Run the race with perseverance. Consider him. Think about him. Fix your eyes on him. It's he who perfects our faith. Our faith to him is of greater worth than gold. Fix your eyes on him so you won't grow weary. Don't look around. Don't worry about the rough seas. He's using them and he'll help you to navigate them. Um, But fix your eyes on him. To persevere is merely the continual, unwavering, deliberate and consistent choice that no matter what is happening in our lives, to fix our eyes on him. To ask him, how can you use these waves to train me, to grow me, to transform me? Because I want to walk into the fullness of all you have for me. I can't remember who it was um, that said this, but I had it up on my wall for a long time. And it was, expect great things for God and attempt great things for God. We persevere because God has fullness. He has more for us than what we're experiencing, than what we know. Amen. Yeah. Do you want to just stand? Uh, There are a couple of things that I feel as though the Lord wants to do this afternoon. You know, the purpose of us coming together is to love one another, to encourage one another, to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And for those who are in the rocky seas... We don't know which way is up or down, not sure where the destination is. Maybe there are, you are in a time of transition. The Lord is with you and we are with you. And so we'll have a chance later on just to, to, to pray for anyone who is in that place, who just needs the, the love, the encouragement, the spurring on. I just want to read out um, a psalm and just in your hearts where you are right now just fix your mind on him fix your gaze on him let the world and the weight just uh, drop away fix your eyes on him
Jerusalem. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. And I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come from following you. For you have given me the best. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and my soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow me to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. Jesus, we, do, we thank you this afternoon, God. We give you glory this afternoon, God, for all that you endured on the cross, Jesus, for us, that we might wear that robe of righteousness, God, that we might walk in your life. We might walk in that resurrection life, Jesus. We might be able to have the hope and the hope that does not disappoint us. Yes, because you have poured your, your spirit into us, Lord God. Yes, Lord. I pray, Jesus, this afternoon that you would give us a fresh vision, a fresh revelation, God, of all that you have, all that you are wanting to do, Jesus. Lord, we want all that you have for us. We don't want to settle for anything less, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we, we ask and we keep on asking. God, we just continue to seek you. Pour out your spirit here, God. Pour out your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So if you're in a place today where you, you, you just need um, just a, a, a bit of love, a bit of encouragement just to keep going, just place your hands out in front of you. Or if you need someone or want someone just to come alongside you because there's something that you've been crying out to the Lord for. We're here to love each other.
Lou was just praying and saying the word hope, God gave me a short but very sweet word for all of us. And that hope is not a place of hopelessness. It's a place of hopefulness and excitement and, um, you know, destinations unknown, stormy, stormy places. Be hopeful, be grateful, be faithful, be excited because God's got that planned out for you and that journey and destination he knows and he's going to take you there and be hopeful be so hopeful and faithful Thank you for your presence here today, God. 